All right, so tonight the key thing that we want to talk about is Liv's household code. Um, I don't know how many of you listened to the message on YouTube over the weekend, and Paul talked about uh, a household code or a community code. Um, and as I've been studying Ephesians, it's been really interesting to me about how God's intention is to build one united body of Christ. And that sense of community, that sense of togetherness, that sense of um, us as Christians are not meant to be islands, we're not meant to be alone, we're actually meant to be working together. And, um, and so that's really uh, been sticking on my heart. And something that Pastor John F. Kelly at the start of this year, in the consult that he did with us, he also said that Liv's value for family is what uh, he really feels will set us apart in terms of our mission, in terms of what we want to do as a church. He says that he really sees it being a very unique um, and powerful expression of God's kingdom. And so we want to lean into that. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, how do we lean into that more? And I, I came across this um, Instagram um, post. I follow a whole bunch of weird people, um, <laughs> experts in different arenas. And, and there's this lady who is known as an expert regarding gatherings. They're kind of interesting. And, um, and she's written extensively. She's actually researched people coming together. Um, and especially in COVID, she has been really interesting and she writes a lot about it. Um, but she caught on to this viral video of this bride or this bride-to-be that wrote a transparency letter to her bridesmaids that she wanted to ask to, to be bridesmaids. Um, and so she wrote this two-pager uh, with all these expectations about what it would mean to be part of this bridal party. And there were things like, uh, she's definitely not, not Christian, uh, but there were things like, hey, because if you live more than an hour away, you do not have to come for my bridal shower. That's not something I'm expecting. I was like, that's kind of interesting. I think in Australia is like bridal shower, you better be there. <laughs> but I am expecting you to actually take three days off for us to go to this um, three-day trip somewhere as a bridal party. Uh, and so there was those expectations. Um, you know, I'm expecting you to pay for this dress, but I will be paying for hair and makeup. And so all these stipulations. And then at the end, there was also this... Um, line where she talked about, hey, I want you to understand the commitment uh, to being a part of this um, bridal party and feel free to say no on understanding what is required. And so this expert was writing about how that is a form of a social contract, that we all actually make social contracts, but sometimes we make social contracts without actually making it clear what are the stipulations, what are responsibilities, what each person is going to do. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, I think Lyft has evolved over the last six years. What we started is not how we are going, necessarily. We've made many pivots along the way because, frankly, I've grown. <laughs> I've had my uh, mindsets and my perspective challenged. And so what we wanted to do tonight is to talk through what Lyft's household code um, it looks like some of the responsibilities that Beck and I, as your pastors, we carry, we take that on, that is our responsibility. But then also to inform you, as part of the family, what we see as our responsibility, because we're also pastors, but we're also part of the family, and so we take that on too. Um, 
but all of us have responsibilities too, and we just wanted to make it clear, this is how we see it. Some of these things maybe might be a little bit um, scary for you, and it's cool, count the cost. You know, Jesus says in Luke 14, verse 28 to 30, He says, If you want to build a tower, make sure you count the cost. If not, you're not going to build a tower, and everyone's going to laugh at you for not building the tower. Um, and Jesus said that in the context of following Him. He says, If you want to be my disciple, count the cost. And then He gave the analogy of the tower. And what I've come to realize is that following Jesus also means um, being part of His family. And so the cost of following Jesus includes the cost of us being family and um, the cost of us being family also has you know certain rewards and certain uh, rights and certain um, benefits a lot of benefits in my opinion um, but it's for you to understand this is what it means for us as this local expression of Christ's body yeah. so if you have got any uh, deep um, difficulties or any of these come talk to us that's what we need to do. We need to air things out and go, you know, this is what we mean, this is what we're expecting, this is what we are holding ourselves responsible to, and all of that. And that's all important. Um, and how we're going to do it this evening is that we're going to break it up into our three core values, and I'm going to hand over to Beck to kick us off tonight. Awesome. Um, just a quick note, I guess, on what Nate was saying, um, that... I guess the way that we see these um, responsibilities and things like that, um, for us, as we're going through this, we kind of see that you guys already carry these things. And it's kind of been, I guess, intrinsic things that you've picked up by being in the house, being in Lift Church. But why we want to make it clear so that I guess you can continue to know where we're going and what the culture of our church is. But so that when we have people added to this team as well, straight away you know what um, responsibilities that we take on. And you know, you know the culture of the house and you can help people along with picking that up. So the, we're going to get started with the first one. But um, at our last Heavy Lifters, we went through our three core values, right? Who here can remember the first core value? No looking at your notes. <laughs> We've got three of them. But what would be the first one? You can yell it out. I'm not sure if it's the first one. Yes! Bet girl! Woohoo! Yes, so the first one is where your name matters. And um, that is pretty much all about... Um, Nate and I see our responsibility as creating spaces at Lyft where people can be known. And that's what Where Your Name Matters is all about, where people can come into a church and their stories can be heard, where their names are remembered, um, but they're connected with as a person and there's almost a safe place where they can be embraced into family no matter what kind of background they kind of come from, but their journey is important. And um, yeah, I guess part of our culture is that we are family, so we want to know one another. Um, and yeah, so that's part of it. But our responsibility is that we create spaces for that to take place. And that could look like lift groups. Um, many of you have fed back to us how amazing lift groups are in that regard, where you can come in, you get to know these group of people, and um, by the end of it, you're like, yeah, let's go on camping trips together and like all these kinds of things. Because you feel like you're connected in and you're getting to know one another. That's an amazing vehicle for this. 
We also have, um, a, it's kind of like a mini online course called um, Ground Floor, and that's a bit of like a gateway um, for people to come into Lyft. And about the third week that people start attending, we actually approach them and say, hey, would you like to do a Ground Floor um, mini course? It's just online, and that's all about helping people take that first step into family or finding deeper connection here at Lyft. So that's another space where someone can be known by our community. What are some other ones? So we've got other um, spaces for new people as well. And we've also um, seen our teaching at Lyft, our messages. That is thunder. Mm. I was wondering why it was. Yeah. Is that our security thing going crazy? Or? Yeah. I love thunderstorms. My cat is not right now, though. I reckon he's like hiding somewhere. Um, so yeah, what um, we really wanted to do with our teaching and our messages and our series through Lyft as well is weave that theme of people matter. That um, you know, we always want to, I guess, be a church that empathises with people that um, have this, I guess, this knowing that. People matter because they're created in the image of God, that we all are of equal value in that kind of way. So you'll see this core value of where your name matters threaded throughout, but there's definitely a deliberate part on our behalf where we create those spaces that that can take place. And so for you, what, how do you interact with that? It's basically just engage with these spaces. So, um, but I guess more than just you know attending lift group or you know, doing ground floor or rocking up on a Sunday, it's actually engage on your behalf, but also for other people as well. That in your lift groups, you're connecting, you're not just kind of being there. I think all of us have maybe been in a group, whether at Lyft or maybe our previous churches, where you can come, but you're not really open, and so there's not really that engagement that's taking place. And so what we ask from you is to engage in those spaces and really... Um, have your radar up for other people as well who may be needing a bit of care um, that you can, uh, I guess, connect with outside of a Sunday. You know, we're big fans of having people over for dinner just during our family time. We say, hey, come on in, join us. Um, or maybe it's taking somebody out for a coffee throughout the week. Whatever works with your availability. That's, I guess, those are some ways that you can engage in those spaces. Anything for yeah, I guess with that, yeah, it's very much taking initiative. Um, we don't want to be the kinds of church that creates robots and that we all act the same way because I don't think that's how God wanted it to be. Um, but we would love to see you taking initiative in your way. However, God has created you in your own stuff. Take initiative, engage with these spaces where people can be known at Lyft. Does that make sense? Sound good? Okay, awesome. Next, going to talk about the next one. I just wanted to add to that one because when we were talking about that, taking initiative is something that um, we can't make you do. <laughs> but we want you to know it's your responsibility. If that kind of makes sense. Like, we're not going to threaten you with excommunication if you don't take initiative <laughs> to build a relationship. But at the same time, relationship is your responsibility. And... Um, we can't create all these spaces, but what we would, probably what I would really love is for you to actually go, what relationships should I build into? 
in this season? Or who needs a relationship? And I know there's um, someone that we were chatting with and talking through some stuff with uh, recently, and um, I, I said to this person, um, you know what, I keep chasing you up for stuff. I keep saying, oh, when do you want to meet up, when do you want to meet up? It's like, you can take initiative and also ask us uh, when you want to catch up. You know, like, you can do that too, you know? And this person was like, what? No, that's not how it works. And this person actually said, what, what did they? Uh, it was kind of like, oh, I was kind of, um, yeah, testing you to see whether you really wanted to catch up with me, so you would ask me. And I was a bit like, what kind of rubbish relationship is this? That when I ask you out, it means that I care for you, but you never ask me out. You never buy me a coffee. I'm always buying you the coffee. It's <laughs> like, what is going on? That is not a true relationship. That is not really a place where everyone's name matters. And so that's something that's been on my heart. Um, and when learning how to do this by, you know, with Sam, things are a bit different, time is a bit different. But as our life, as we go along, we find pockets of time that's like, hey, we need to have dinner. Why not have someone over for dinner? We need to, we, we are already going there. Why not we make something more while we are going there? You know, if you, let's say you're not on roster this Sunday, you don't have to be there at 15 Go get a coffee with someone before. Make sure that the person rocks up to church on time. It's very helpful for the man. When you are at church on time, although sometimes you guys, when you go for coffee, will probably be late. So I don't know if that's a good idea. Go out for lunch. You're already at church. Go out for lunch. You know? The nap can wait for an hour. Take initiative. Ask someone out. Um, and I'm not saying in a romantic way. Even though some of you guys have done that already. Um, but <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to put forward here is see, look at your life and go, oh, let's do relationships. Church relationships are actually highly important. Um, I hope this Ephesians series has helped you understand that. If you feel as though you don't have relationships in this church, take initiative. Don't just wait for someone else. Take initiative. Or if you see someone else that needs relationship, take initiative ask them to come along, etc. That is all of our responsibility as a family of God. Alright, so the second value, who can remember what the second value is? It has something to do with things breaking. <laughs> Where sins are meant to be broken. Woohoo! Some of you remember that. Um, and this is all about personal growth and it's also about innovation in the church. We don't want our church to remain starchy and the same, same all the time. We want to innovate and we want to break ceilings in that way. But all of us, we've also got internal ceilings that we need to break as we grow. So our responsibility as the pastors is to ensure that there is great teaching, whether on a Sunday or through lift groups. We choose a curriculum, we look through what our church needs, and we put that out there. That's our responsibility. Uh, I take it pretty seriously. I hope you can see that. Um, we also set up accountability and discipleship systems uh, and why we put forward relational discipleship as such a huge deal is because people grow best in relationship in deep relationship not just this artificial or surface level relationship but really getting to know each other which links to the first point if you don't take initiative and you don't have relationships you won't be able to grow well that's 
is how things work. Um, so we set that up because we want people to engage in the discipleship or accountability system and grow. And then we also provide pastoral counseling. It is something that needs to happen, and so we're more than happy to provide that when things happen. And finally, we also see ourselves as gatekeepers of innovation. Now, as the staff members of Lyft, we do innovate and we do make things up, like couch time, by the way. <laughs> Great innovation, mate. Um, um, but we are also gatekeepers in the sense that we know the resources of the church and we allocate the resources to things. Um, so, for example, we allocate a whole bunch of resources to hopefully get this um, uh, program for the elderly uh, up and running. We see it as a great initiative. We see that the town actually wants to have this program. Fantastic. Um, and I'm glad that other people in the church are having ideas on what we can be doing in the community. Um, and so, um, and, and so Beck and I, we vet it and we make sure that the innovation fits what we're wanting to do as a church and then we'll try to make it happen. Um, lift groups are another great way where a lot of innovation can happen. Uh, different courses, different curriculums, different styles. Um, and, and yeah, so um, we don't have a monopoly on innovating for the church and that's one of the responsibilities that we all have. When you have ideas, share it. I, as a pastor, am not a mind reader. I love God. God speaks to me. He doesn't tell me about your internal life all the time. And I praise the Lord for that. <laughs> so you got a whack. I don't want to know your thoughts. But, you know, uh, when you share with us, that's how we can actually then think about how we can resource it, how we can grow it, how we can, um, uh, yeah, plan it out, strategize. Is this the right time for this program? All that kind of stuff. We're more than happy to sit with you, to talk with you, to plan with you, um, and, and see how it can add to the kingdom of God. God's given each of us graces. Each of us have a different perspective on life because of your experiences. And that actually does add so much uh, to your ideas and the perspectives in the church. So that's one of your responsibilities, or our responsibilities. Another responsibility of ours is to be disciple and to disciple. We can create this system, but if you don't engage in it, it's not going to work. Um, so again, take initiative. Find someone that you go, I honor, respect, see the wisdom on your life. Can we catch up once a fortnight? Start that. And as a Christian, your responsibility, it's not me saying it, by the way, it's Jesus. Your responsibility is to disciple. Understand that there might be times and seasons, but how are you gearing yourself up to disciple as well? And have you been to one of the discipler info sessions? Have you started getting ready to be a discipler at some point in your life? Um, so that's your responsibility. I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, and finally, one more responsibility of all of ours is to encourage and edify one another. I hope that through the Ephesians series you can see the importance of all of us encouraging and building one another up. This is not the pastor building you guys up. This is not the worship team building you guys up. It's all of us building each other up. And um, if you listen to the message on Sunday, I felt like there was a really important point that when we sing to each other, that actually builds other people up. I don't clap because clapping makes me feel great. I clap because it's building into an atmosphere of faith that someone else can be built up for. 
I don't sing loud because I love my voice. I sing loud because I'm trying to build an atmosphere where everyone is going to be edified and built up. That really is what it's all about. I've taken, it's taken me a long time to realize that it is actually biblical to sing loudly and to make a joyful noise because, not just because it feels good, it, but it builds someone else up. So let's all be responsible for that. Um, uh, we, we had the coordinators over for lunch on Sunday and Elisa uh, told us this beautiful um, story of how um, Sandy with her husband now in semi-retirement and they're traveling a lot. Um, that's taken one of our great vocal encouragers in the church away from Sundays. And so apparently, um, Dylan and Alyssa and Reese, I could brag about them, but not here. Um, they started, they had a family chat and they said, hey, Sandy's not here today, but we better be more encouraging. <laughs> Except there were no idea as loud as Sandy. <laughs> and I love it. I love the idea that, hey, hey, one of someone who's got the gift of encouragement isn't here today, but it doesn't mean that the rest of the family is going to suffer for that. Because I can take that on. And so you sit on the front row. You know, raise your hands. Clap those hands. And you know, say amen every now and then. And say praise the Lord, whatever you want to say. As long as it's godly. Um, <laughs> and, but also, not just corporately, but individually. Go build someone up. Go encourage someone this Sunday. Have it in our mind. I'm not going to a Sunday for myself. There are times where you need it. Please come. Please receive support. Please receive care. But there are times where I'm doing well. I'm going to find someone to encourage today. I think there's a powerful thing about being in community. And as much as you know, a lot of churches have gone online gatherings, you're never going to get that kind of personal touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one day we might. Maybe it'll be virtual reality church where you can put on a thing and actually go interact with people. <laughs> that happens? Great. Let's jump on that. But until that happens, I need to see you and you need to see me. And we need to know where each other are at and encourage and build one another up. It's taken way too long. Sorry, Beth. Oh, good. Um... Just while Nate was um, sharing, I hope you can kind of picture this church that we're talking about. Like, I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, if we can all do this, like, what an amazing church. And, and I think that's the kind of church that God talks about when he says that we're a light, that we can't be hidden. I think if we can embody that, um, you know, our community is definitely going to see that and, and be changed by that and be inspired by that. And I think so many, well, our core values that we're talking about um, come from the understanding of what our world and what our community is like. That there are so many people who are isolated and withdrawing from community, but if we can be this strong, united, encouraging, uplifting place, I think people are going to want to come out of their isolation, out of their homes, and they'll be drawn to the light of Christ in our church. And I hope you can grab that with us. That excites me. I don't know about you, but um, speaking of community, so our last. Um, value has something to do with the community. Who knows it? Yelling out. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that's that's kind of like our our catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know, our vision. But our um, third core value is different. It's not said that way. Yeah, he said it. 
bringing a leaf to the community. Yay! Getting their leaf, that's good. So our third core value is Lift Church, we bring a lift to our community. Um, and so mine and Nate's um, responsibility is to go out and find those partnerships and this year we did that by meeting with our mayor. Um, we've already spoken to you guys about that but um, it's so awesome that this year in particular the community partnerships that um, kind of have been connected with us really represent um, our church, that whole family thing, where we actually get to minister and serve kids as young as primary schoolers um, all the way through to our elderly. And I just think that's fantastic. That echoes our heart and who we are as a church. Um, and so that's mine and Nate's responsibility, that we must hunt down these partnerships and have opportunities for us to serve our community. Um, I think that's a huge part of living out the gospel and a huge part of being a Christian and being a part of his bride is to actually live beyond ourselves, live beyond the four walls of our church. Um, and so that's our responsibility. And um, our wider responsibility is to, again, engage with that. Actually put up your hand for initiatives that you're like, yeah, I would love to do that. And, you know, we understand availability in, in you know, the busy lives that we all live. Um, but if there is something on your heart that you'd really love to be a part of, we want to hear about that and we'd be more than happy to see what we can tweak to have you on board with that. Um, I think one of the highlights for me a couple of years ago was the amount of times that I could actually get out of the Lift Church office and go and be on our university campus or in a primary school or you know, dropping off meals to someone or whatever. That was an absolute highlight and I know um, again, like talking about generosity, it does something in you as well. So we want to provide you opportunities with that. Um, so always come and talk to us. Again, we put these opportunities on our app. So if you don't have our app or don't check it as much, check that. Um, so we have those opportunities. But as well, we'd love to hear from you. What, what has God put on your heart? What is he burdening you with? Because I think in this room, we all have different things. Because we're all different people. So um, yeah. Oh, another way. So obviously we know availability. If we do all these programs during the work day and you're working, we get that. But one of the ways that you can partner and engage with our bringing a lift to the community is just by praying. And I shouldn't say just because prayer is so important. Whenever we go out of our walls, it's different. We're walking into a worldly culture and a worldly way of living where, not to sound super spiro, but there's forces there that come up against us and so whenever we pray though we're going with God's protection we're going um, and walking in what he's already paid for us and to have that prayer covering is so so crucial and I love um, looking throughout history all the revivals that we've seen anything good that has um, changed in our nation it's all been because of prayer because a group of faithful people faithful committed Christians come together, pray, um, or pray individually into the cause before them. And so we can't um, underestimate the power of prayer, and we would love that from you. Um, sorry? Ah, yes, which the third thing to do with bringing a lift to our community. Um, other than engaging with what we provide as a church, we would love, um, or another way that you can engage with um, bringing a lift to the community is through personal evangelism. Something that's really exciting for me at this present time is that I, I catch up with this um, person that I met through Curtin Uni um, once a month and we just talk about things like faith. She calls me her 
spiritual, spiritual guru. guru or spiritual mentor or something like that. Like, just call me Rabbi, I imagine. <laughs> but, yeah, like, she's not a Christian, but I see this as a discipleship relationship. And um, that's my personal evangelism right now, um, just loving and serving this um, young woman. So... Um, that's super exciting for me, and every opportunity I get just to be God's mouthpiece to her, it's such a blessing. It, it's kind of like there's nothing in the world that um, brings about that feeling, and we'd love to see you operate in that as well.